Hi, Craig. Welcome to episode 24 of Hubshots. Thanks, Ian. Good to be back again. Now, this episode is with another great individual at HubSpot called Brent Claymont, and he looks after us as an agency. Now, I'm going to call this episode lead quality, right? It's something we all deal with in our businesses, and I think that he has some really great points about lead quality. So, I think one of the biggest things is setting expectations with people. Yeah, he's really good about covering that and just this whole idea of it's not a sprint, it's a marathon and the massive benefits you get from it. And what I really liked about him, yeah, he's, we, we say he looks after us as agency owners, but he's in touch with so many different companies and also yes. how agencies work with those businesses, with top yeah. performing marketing managers. He's got really good insights into how um, successful marketing managers are working. Yeah, and another thing I want to just highlight is, you know, having – SLAs between teams like what's the expectation it's such a good point he makes there and that that actually came up with a few of the people we were talking to at HubSpot so it's a common theme and I think he explains it really well yeah and I think the one final thing is the benefit of saying no to some prospective customers because they just don't fit that's right he has a really good point around having a shared understanding of what a good lead is and not a bad lead you say no to the bad leads and yeah and finally, listen out for that bell in the interview. You'll, you'll, you'll see what it means. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? All right, take it away, Brent. My name's Brent Claremont. I'm the first channel consultant in APAC for HubSpot, a title I'm pretty proud of. Fundamentally, my role is to work with agencies who resell HubSpot and also use HubSpot for themselves. What I love about HubSpot, I suppose it's nearly an unknown quantity at this stage in Australia. You either know it or you've never heard of it compared to the States. So it's cutting edge of SaaS and loving every day of it. Great. So you deal with agencies and you also deal with onboarding customers that are new to HubSpot. What kinds of challenges are you seeing those new to HubSpot facing? And what what are the kinds of typical solutions that successful companies are using? So it's a good question, Craig. There's so many different ways to answer it. I think that on the agency side, the most successful marketing managers truly understand inbound. And that is a big point that I see a lot of success from. If you understand sections of it, you can do well, but understanding the entire inbound marketing methodology is just, I'm almost learning from some of these marketing managers because they've had so much experience. Very similarly to when I help an agency onboard a client for the first time, expectation setting is the number one thing I push. If everybody's on the same page, you manage expectations, results, and progress. It's the easiest process. Excellent. So you mentioned expectations. Give Mm -hmm. us an example of sometimes unrealistic expectations versus actually what's (laughs) something that's probably realistic in in these days of marketing. Another, Another great question. I think that when it comes to expectations, a lot of people have a look at HubSpot and the agency they're dealing with. And you see the big picture. You go, I've seen all this amazing growth around ANZ, APAC, the States, even though that our market is somewhat three, four years behind the States. And you think big picture and it's really easy to get inspired and carried away, but I'm sort of the devil's advocate, I suppose, with agencies and their clients in really getting an understanding of where they are right now in regards to traffic, visitors, conversions, and how do you scale that? Um, One specific example comes to mind if I was dealing with a client earlier this week that they say, we want, you know, a hundred percent increase in traffic. And the agency said, what's your current traffic? And they go, oh, we think it's 
as soon as I hear that phrase, we think, it's, yeah, going to take a big step back and really understand the analytics. So it's not a smart goal by any stretch of the imagination, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ian. Now, Brent, what is one thing you're seeing people doing really well mm-hmm. with using HubSpot and Inbound? So things I'm seeing agencies and direct clients doing, I'd say twofold. One is very much, again, the, the inbound marketing methodology. You understand that? everything else falls into place. Getting a bit more granular, something I've seen over the past 10 months, the best performing marketing managers in agencies have excellent SLAs. So referring to service level agreements with their clients. So again, a little bit of expectation setting, but for example, if I'm getting more granular, would be about content requirements. So if we are gonna be posting blogs on your behalf, our SLA will be in 72 hours. If we don't hear anything back from the client, we'll take that as you saying, we can now process this. Saving time, giving real confidence to the agency to do so. Yeah, great that's thing. great. And so what's one thing you would say that people can really improve on mm. across the board? Something that's standing out to you. What I've seen people do well would definitely be, again, back on the SLA point, but defining what their good fit customer is. And as strange as it sounds, turning away customers who don't fit that perfect mold, which is very hard. It's easier said than done. Right. Can I pick up on that point? So let's say our listeners, say a a marketing manager is listening to this and they're thinking they're not yet on HubSpot, but they're thinking, well, it's something we're considering. What what is actually a good fit? Do you have kind of a definition or a general concept of a great fit for HubSpot? Yes, Craig, with that, I'd say it really depends on what your industry is. Over my lifetime of working with, and again, I'm in my late 20s, so I only have around the six six um, year experience mark, but in my previous role, I worked with big pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer, Eli Lilly. I've worked with educational facilities like universities. So I've got a nice spread and it's never a clear fit. It's having a look at your current customer base and saying, you know, this client has just been perfect from beginning to end. Why is that? So it's actually about marketing managers and companies saying, okay, this is our perfect fit model for our client. Again, it doesn't have to be spot on because you don't want to be turning away too much business. But again, you're setting yourself and the customer up for success. You only bring on a customer that you know that you can drive success for. Do you have an example of a customer that maybe wanted to onboard with HubSpot, but you actually thought, actually, you're not ready for it or you're not a good fit? Is there any specific characteristics that come to mind? I suppose um, there's there's definitely a few. And again, one of the parts I love about sales with HubSpot is our salespeople will actually tell a partner that we don't think this is a good deal. I've never seen that in a sales floor. Again, that's just a personal experience. There's some excellent companies out there. But how much confidence does that build when a salesperson is telling you, don't sell at this stage. I mean, it's really refreshing. It really builds confidence. But at the end, we want to solve for the customer. And again, to your point, it's very much expectations of, hey, we want to try HubSpot for three months. That's a bit of a red flag for me. We want to try. It's a short term. This is, yeah. this is a business decision. It's a long-term decision. It's a marathon, not a sprint with inbound. That's really good, Brent. Now, coming back to the experience you've had and Understanding people out there really want quick results. What's one of the best things you've seen that people are doing that's actually delivering results quickly and getting people going quickly? I get asked this, I think, on a, on a t- daily basis. And it's, again, it's coming out of the client, but the quick win scheme, I think 
the market with ANZ, the first thing we go to is paid ads are going to get us a quick win. In regards to visits, I agree. There, a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that paid advertising or paid campaigns don't have a place in the inbound methodology. It definitely does. We have a tool that promotes yes. you to book, you know, paid advertising with LinkedIn and Google AdWords later down the track this year, fingers crossed. The biggest thing people lean into is that's going to be my quick win, but the quality of leads that are coming through ultimately impacts that. So it's, it's a really tough question. I think I'd have to get more context on exactly the client. But I exactly think that, drive, that goes back to what you were saying before. It's about setting the right expectation with people. Spot on. Couldn't say it better myself. Have you had any experience with um, US campaigns where you've seen a client take, they're a multinational. They've had a US campaign and then they've tried it in Australia and it's been, just hasn't worked as effectively. Do you see any of those kinds of things in your job? No, I, I definitely do. And again, I pre- predominantly work with APAC, ANZ, more so ANZ these days as we just opened up our Singapore office. I love seeing what's happening in the States. I constantly connect with colleagues over in the States to get a feel of it. As an example of just people knowing about HubSpot and inbound, for example, I have a partner I work with who ranks one for inbound marketing Australia. He ranks one. That is not yielding a lot of traffic right now, purely yes. for the insight yeah. that, you know, I didn't know about HubSpot when I got approached. So um, much to that point of, I was in Boston about 10 months ago for, for training and I was wearing a HubSpot shirt as, you know, I was loving HubSpot and training there. And somebody stopped me in an elevator and said, oh, do you work for HubSpot? Oh, I'd love to learn about it. A random person I'd never even seen was just in my hotel. Whereas I struggle to explain inbound or HubSpot to friends and family here. So there's so many use cases of the states simply utilizing inbound, whereas here it's not a good good fit. Um, not a, I wouldn't say not a good fit, but there's a lot more education we need to do. We need to be better here. I think healthcare is a big example there's so much potential here, but different legal requirements from the US to here and the way it's done is just very bit of a hard point. Now, that's really interesting because we're seeing a lot of, you know, we're delivering leads, we're delivering quality to businesses, but then we have sales on the other side. And there's a lot around sales enablement and how mm. sales fits in with this. And, you know, HubSpot's coined a term called marketing, right? I think this is becoming a really key area that where we will battle in in, in 2016, 2017, and into the future. And I, and I see Brian is really focusing on it at, at HubSpot. What are you seeing in Asia Pacific um, with sales, sales enablement, and where that's going in 2016? That's a really great question. We actually have a meeting today, a marketing meeting for our lunch in, in the HubSpot office. By no means are we there yet at HubSpot, but sales and services and marketing, we all need to be on the same page. And when we do that, the ability to best serve the customer, it's it just changes. I think it's going to be a big part. By no means, it's not going to be, uh, you know, like flicking a light switch. It's going to be a long progress and that you have to get everybody on the same page for it. The sales team, the marketing team, the services team all need to be on the same page. Easier said than done though. Hanging out with you guys at Inbound really made me realize that you guys probably already do that. And I could see the relationships between the teams. Now, I'm assuming that's because there's a lot of effort going into having lunches, having meetings, Mm -hmm. communicating with each other, sitting next to each other. Is that really the key to making streamline that process, do you believe? It definitely is. I mean... I've had a few different sales jobs and they've, they've been excellent at B2B publishers, digital mediums, but I've never been on a sales floor that has been so positive in my entire life. And 
the more that we're connected and on the same page, when a sales rep signs a partner, for example, for myself, if we're on an understanding what a good fit is for the partner, they're going to have such greater success because of our alignment. End of the point, if it helps the customer or the partner, that's why we do it. Can I just pick up on that whole sales marketing alignment? I was um, reading Mike Lieberman. He runs an agency in the States, one of my heroes, actually. But he was talking about this idea that marketing has historically been providing the leads and then sales closes them. And so marketing's function has, or their KPIs have been around providing leads. But he's now saying, actually, marketing is much more, there is that alignment, they're working together with sales and marketing is becoming more tasked with actually providing the sale as well, working with sales teams. I guess that's a kind of sales and marketing alignment. Do you think that's correct, first of all, or is it just kind of overreaching? And uh, two, do you see that flowing into Australia this year or is that are we still just behind where that kind of thinking is? That's a really, really good question. It's something we speak about often here. It's as soon as I talk about, you know, marketing, sales, marketing alignment, this, this Venn diagram appears in my head. So the three fundamental departments we have at HubSpot here at SidSpot, as we like to call it, there's services, which is myself, very post sales. Then we have sales. Obviously, that's self-explanatory. Then we have the marketing team. We're all connected in this ever-growing circle. So this is a great question for Ryan Benici. He'll be able to give you such clarity because he's had a stellar year with the marketing team. We can hear the bell ringing right now on the sales floor. Okay, um, what's that bell mean? That means that another client has been signed. Fantastic. So very, very, very poignant actually hearing that noise because the quality of leads that we provide to sales have to be up to a certain standard. We don't have somebody reaching out to thinking, oh, they could be a good fit. The salesperson has all the tools available. Marketing gives them those tools. Well, Brent, thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed that bell ringing. But, you know, in the closing comment from Brent there was salespeople have all the tools available and marketing has given them those tools, right? So they just need to use the tools and they have everything that they need to take it to the next step. Yeah, I really like that because it picks up on some of the points that Rosalia made last episode as well. This whole idea of marketing working closely with sales and even sitting on calls with sales to find out the kinds of questions salespeople are getting asked problems they're being asked to solve and marketing can help provide the materials and and collateral around um, providing those answers to prospects. I think that's a great idea, Craig, because one of the things I've discovered and I've done this with some clients is even for us, like if we're looking after people's marketing, is sitting in their call center or where all the people are fielding calls from customers or potential customers, you really get to hear what is going on in the office and what the buzz is like. And I think that can really feed into because take it simplistically, there could be something on the website that's not there and people keep bringing going, well, where do I find this? Or what is this specification that I'm trying to get to? And if you do that, you could probably cut a whole bunch of calls out, right? So that's a really simple example of how you can just be of assistance to sales, you know? Yeah, that's right. And so that also brings this point of understanding the kinds of fit that leads are with sales because if you're actually involved in the sales conversations you can actually from the marketing perspective get an idea of whether the leads you're providing are a good fit and this whole goes to the whole point about lead quality yes that brent was talking about and i thought that was a really helpful point i think that's a really great point and i had a conversation with somebody this morning who's a prospective customer right and he's got three salespeople, and he said oh like Sales already know when something's not a good fit, right? But they still have the conversation and they park it. 
I said, well, you know, if you have a marketing system, you could have actually figured that out in the process of profiling this person and you could have triggered off an email to them saying, oh, okay, you know, thanks for trying out the product. What do we need to provide you or who do we need to talk to to convince so you can actually buy this product and implement it in your project? And that could have all been done on automation. And then at that time, the salesperson will then get involved and they're actually talking to the person that's going to pay the money for the product. And, I, and he was like, wow, you know, simple example, but that's probably could have saved him, you know, one hour a day for each salesperson. You know, one of the other things that Brent covered, which I thought was really useful, was having an understanding of your regional customers. So based on regions, so whether local versus overseas, you know, when we're talking about what's a campaign that's worked in the US that hasn't worked in Australia. And he gave the example, which I thought was a good example related to HubSpot, which is they might do a campaign in the US around inbound marketing, the term, because it's well known there. Whereas in Australia, it's not so well known. So therefore, it's not as effective. Great example. The point, of course, for marketing managers and the takeaway listening to this is, well, they're not trying to sell inbound marketing, but in your industry, what are you trying to sell and is it regionally appropriate? Yes. Or are you still having to educate the market in about a particular concept or term, whereas overseas it might be well known? So I thought that was really useful because quite often we put together campaigns in one region and run them in another and we wonder why they're not working comes back to this whole kind of understanding your market better. That's right. And in saying that also, I could flip this around, right? You can actually invest content into something that where you're educating a market, but will be a known term. And so you can use that as a, you're sewing into this area and building up that resource and then create content around stuff that you know, it's going to generate leads now. So you can do both ways. So you're ahead of the game, plus you're also reaping something right now. That's really good. Now, finally, lead quality. I think that's a really big thing. And an action item from here, go back, review your lead quality, even have a conversation with sales or go spend a day with sales and listen to what they're hearing from customers. And I think out of that, you'll be able to refine that and understand what is a good fit and what is not a good fit and and implement it appropriately. Great point. Well, look, it was a great episode. Thanks again to Brent for uh, giving up some of his valuable time to talk with us. We hope that that's been valuable for our listeners and we'd love to get your feedback, wouldn't we? We'd love. How, how can they contact us? Twitter? Twitter? On the website? Instagram? Instagram. We're on Instagram. We're test and measure, right? And Facebook. And Facebook. So please contact us, leave us your feedback, any questions you've got, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Craig. Have a great week. All right, mate. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.